0: So I have a real important question after that to ask everyone. And I want you to think very hard about the answer to this question. Does anyone hope that you will go through a lot of hardships? Anybody looking forward to a lot of trials. Is there anybody here that after church today, you really hope that you go out, you put your key in your car, or if you have the fob or whatever, you know, all that, you push the button and your car doesn't start? Anybody? No? Anybody want to put in like two or three thousand dollars worth of fixes into your vehicle sometime this week? Or how's about you go out for lunch today and, and you eat this really nice meal and you hand the person your credit card and it gets declined for insufficient funds. Are you looking forward to that? Or, or you get home today and you walk in the door and it's really cold in your house and you hear the sound of water spraying somewhere because your furnace quit and your pipes burst anybody want that today really nobody I don't know if you're not awake or if you're just not excited about that kind of stuff well okay so let me let me flip that question if I were to ask it this way how many of you would really love to know that if you when you leave today you are going to experience incredible blessings from God Anybody want that? Okay, two of you, great. <laughs> you know, it's, isn't it interesting, though, when we think about the idea of God blessing us, we're like, well, yeah, bring it on. That's exactly what we want. You know, I was, I've been, I was raised on prayer meetings. Some of you guys were raised on prayer meetings. Um, I would go with my my family all the time, every it was every Sunday night we would have prayer meeting or every Wednesday night, one or the other, and we would gather together as a whole church and we would pray, and it's just like you know, everybody would pray. And it's amazing to me how many times in a prayer you hear the word, Lord, would you bless? Right? As a matter of fact, think about it this morning. As you prayed this morning, hopefully you prayed this morning. As you prayed this morning, did you incorporate into that prayer at some point in time, Lord, would you bless? Lord, would you bless me in this? Lord, would you bless my family? Lord, would you bless the service? Lord, did did anybody pray that this morning? Okay, now let me ask this question. What did you mean by that? (laughs) I think sometimes what we do is we, we pray these things and we say, Lord, bless. And our idea is, you know, we want God to make things good, right? We want God to make things good. Today we're going to be starting a series on the Sermon on the Mount. We're going to be looking at the Beatitudes. And what's interesting is as you look at the Beatitudes, they all start with a similar phrase. So I'm going to ask you to turn in your Bibles. We're only going to read three verses this morning. Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 through 3, the first beatitude. Okay. By the end of today, you should be able to memorize this. It should be pretty easy. Matthew chapter 5, starting verse 1. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Okay. So here we see Jesus starting out the sermon with this idea of blessed are. What does it mean to be blessed? What is is he saying? What is Jesus saying? He said, Blessed are. The poor in spirit, blessed are, and that's every one of these as you see from there on out, they say blessed are. So what does it mean? When we talk about blessing, again, a lot of times what we're simply asking for is, God, do something really cool for me, right? You know, when we pray, Lord, would you bless my family? Well, in in our minds, our thought is, God, we want you to protect them. We want them to be healthy. We want them to be uh, successful. I mean, has any parent here ever prayed that their child not be successful? And help? No, I mean, those, those are all part of that blessing that we have. So what does the phrase, when Jesus puts this term in there, he said, blessed are, what is he saying? Well, I'm not a Greek guy. I don't know about a lot about Greek, but I can use books that talk about Greek. And the word that Jesus uses here is makarios, all right? Now that just made it all understandable, right? <laughs> Everybody's going, oh, yeah, that's what it means. When you look at that, really what it says is simply this. Happy, fortunate, good, or favored are those. Now, in one Bible commentary that I was reading, I, he, he put it this way, and he said, the phrase blessed are is, it's a state of existence in relationship to God, where a person is blessed from God's perspective, even if they don't feel like they are experiencing happiness or good fortune at the moment. I like that, because do you, do you get what he says? When we say, Lord, would you bless us? What we're saying is, Lord, do something for us. Here what Jesus is saying is, this is about the relationship between us and Christ, where God, in his perspective, is showing favor towards us. Now we can actually see this within our scriptures a couple of times. There are two different characters that we can look at. One of them is Noah who is found in Genesis chapter 6 verses 7 through 9 and it says these words. So the Lord said I will wipe from the face of the earth the human race I have created and with them the animals the birds and the creatures that move along the ground for I regret that I have made them. Now look at the next words but Noah and found favor in the eyes of the Lord. This is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and walked faithfully with God. Noah found favor with God. Now we see the reason why. The reason why he found favor with God was because he was blameless among his people and he walked faithfully with God. Blessing being in God's favor isn't just about asking for it. And we see that. Another individual that we see is actually Mary. If you go back to Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 28. We read this during the Christmas season. But it says, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth to a town in Galilee to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, You who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Blessed are. Here like Noah, Mary found favor in the eyes of the God. It wasn't a popularity thing. It wasn't that she was better than everybody else. It was an availability thing. It was a faithfulness thing. And we see that in her response to all of this. So when God says, blessed are those, this is the starting place for blessings. Are we people who are in the place of blessing? See, again, it's easy for us to go to Jesus and say, Jesus, would would you do good things for me? But understand when Jesus says blessed are, what he's saying is fortunate and glad are you for the favor of God is being bestowed upon you. There's a difference there. It's not, I'm not asking God to do good for me. What the blessed are, the beatitudes are, you know what, good for, it's a good thing. Be happy, be blessed because you know that God's favor rests upon a person who, and then they jump into what those beatitudes are. Are we in the place of blessing? Well, to be in the place of blessing, that's where the rest of these beatitudes come in. The first one we're looking at today is blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Now, before we jump into what this all means, there's something I want to I kind of clear up a little bit. This, this passage is not the only Beatitude passage in the Bible. As a matter of fact, if you look over to Luke chapter 6, you would see a second set of Beatitudes. It's the same, same Sermon on the Mount, written by Luke, the different author, But you will see something different. In Matthew chapter 5, it says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. If you go to Luke chapter 6 verse 20, it says, Blessed are the poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Now, one, kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God, usually been used just synonymously. So that's really not much of an issue. But you see something that has been omitted in Luke's account. Luke does not use the word in spirit. Now this has caused a problem over time because what has happened is that there are those who have looked at the passage in Luke and said, oh, poverty. Blessed are those who are in poverty, who have nothing. Because now, you know, theirs is the kingdom of God. God's going to give them all of the riches of heaven. Now, this has led some to take on that whole vow of poverty and look down upon people who have Uh, who have more means but that's not what he is saying here and why can we say that one of the things that we know according to, to to biblical interpretation correct biblical interpretation will always tell you that when there are two passages that are the same teaching if one has more explicit detail than the other the one with more explicit detail always interprets the one with lesser detail So even though Luke omits the words in spirit, because Matthew includes it, therefore it is the same meaning. So, it's not, what this is not about, this is not about wealth or material possessions. It's not where Jesus is saying, blessed are you who have nothing in your wallet, nothing in your bank account. Sorry for those that would be excited about that. It's not about... A lack of biblical or spiritual knowledge. Some people think, well, you know, it's like if if I can just gain more. It's not about knowledge. It's not about self spiritual self degradation either. False humility. You know, where some people will say, oh, blessed are the poor. Oh, woe is me. I'm a horrible, horrible person. You know, I'm just bad. I'm. I'm it's false humility is not what it is. So when Jesus says poor in spirit, what is he? talking about well the image that we get is one of a beggar a destitute hopeless as a matter of fact one who is in a place of understanding that because of my sin I do not deserve anything from the hand of God in Philippians chapter 3 starting at verse 8 Paul says this I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of His resurrection and participation in His suffering, becoming like Him in His death and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. You can sense in there Paul's hopelessness to some extent. He's saying, look, here's here's where it's at. I've I've lost There, I have nothing. I have nothing to bring. There is nothing in me that can bring me to the place of righteousness that God requires. It is only through faith in Christ that I can be in a place of anything. And therefore, without Christ, I'm lost. It is the inability to earn God's favor. Being poor in spirit is actually sitting there going... I can't do anything. There's nothing that I can do to impress God. There is nothing that I can do to make God want to love me more than He already does. And in all of my attempts are all but filthy rags beforehand. It's pure holiness. Poor in spirit is the understanding of knowing that I am completely incapable of saving myself. There is nothing that I can do to gain eternal life. My only outcome in everything that I do is is not heaven. I love the story that's found in Luke chapter 18. It's the story of the rich man or of the of the tax collector and the Pharisee sorry and if you have your bibles feel free to turn there but in this story you see two guys are standing there there's a Pharisee and there's a there's a tax collector and 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 you see the Pharisee and they're both going up to the temple and they're praying and you kind of get this picture of of a group of people that are standing around and they pray and uh, when we were in, uh, in Israel, it was the, the Wailing Wall. They would stand at this Wailing Wall and, and they would pray and, and just a bunch of people. And, and you get this picture, here's, here's a Pharisee, the religious leader. And then you see the tax collector who's hated by everybody, as we heard Pastor Anders talk about two weeks ago. And a Pharisee standing over here and he's like, Oh God, I thank you that I am not like these other people robbers, evildoers, sinners, that guy, the tax collector, I'm glad I'm not, I'm better than all of them. And then standing off to this side, you can almost see himself cowering at the wall. Oh God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I am wrecked. I am broken. Jesus looks at him and he says, I want to show you something. Which one do you think was justified before God? I don't care about the highfalutin, nose in the air, spiritual guy. He was poor in spirit. You can feel the hopelessness in the tax collector. To be poor in spirit comes from this idea, this concept of beggars in the time and the day that Jesus was walking this earth. That was not a positive thing. I don't know about today. You see people panhandling. I remember one time we were going to Walmart and driving in and there on the corner as you're going into Walmart was a very nice looking family. Father, wife, two daughters. They were all dressed actually pretty nice looking like they were having a picnic right there by the stop sign. Mom and the girls were sitting on the blanket, looking really good and staring at you as you drove by, making you feel real bad. And there was Dad standing with a cardboard sign that just said "Need money." And he—I don't know about you, but as I was driving by, they all looked right at you. I mean, you kind of drive—you <laughs> don't want to look. You know, I mean, it's like you feel bad and sometimes you're going, eh, I mean, you're wearing nicer clothes than I am today. You know, I mean, there's there's these thoughts that go through your head, but the one thing that catches me is that they will look at you and make you feel bad about yourself. In Jesus' time, that was not at all what they, they didn't look at you, you know, you're walking by on the street and they go, hey, you come over here, give me some money. They didn't do that. What would happen was this. As they were begging, they would hold out their hand and they would turn their face away. They didn't even want to be recognized for who they were. They didn't want people to see their face. They didn't want to be known. They were so destitute, so broken, that all that they could do was simply hold out their hand and plead for mercy from those who were passing by. Now do you understand what Jesus said? Blessed are the poor in spirit. It is that coming before the holy, pure God, recognizing that within myself I have nothing, and all that I can do is simply turn my face and go, Lord, have mercy on me. I can't do this. Jesus said in John 15, verses 1 through 5, the vine. And this is kind of that picture of of understanding. He says, I'm the true vine. The Father is the gardener who cuts off every branch of me that does not bear fruit. But then He says those simple words, I am the vine. You are the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. No branch by itself can produce anything. This is poor in spirit. This is me coming before God and saying, I'm a broken branch. I'm, I'm busted. I can't do anything. I need the vine. I am broken, Lord. Here am I. You know what? This is one of those areas where I believe that we struggle very much as Christians. Because I don't like to think I'm broken. And I don't want to be broken by choice. I want to think that I've got it all put together. That when I ask God for a blessing, what I'm doing is I'm saying, Lord, just make my life even better than what it is. But do I come before God recognizing that He is the holy, pure, perfect God And sin can't be in His presence. And apart from Him, I can do nothing. Being poor in spirit means dependency upon the vine. Having no merit of my own. But then Jesus gives the reward. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Fortunate to be in God's favor are those who are broken by choice why for theirs is the kingdom of heaven this is the blessing that we receive now again usually what we pray for is well god would you bless this meal make it taste good god would you bless my children make them successful God, would you do this? Would you do when we when we ask for blessing? But here he says, look, when you're asking for this is the blessing that I'm willing to give for those who are broken, for those who are poor in spirit, I give them the kingdom of heaven. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. What does that mean? Does that mean that I'm a part owner of heaven, kind of like a part owner of the Packers, if I paid a hundred bucks or whatever it is? No. It's actually much greater than that. This is is an incredible thing that Jesus is saying that he's giving to us. Because what this means is that we are given access to all of heaven's resources. All that heaven has to offer. When we come to that place of saying, I have nothing, Jesus says, that's great because I've got everything that you need. As a matter of fact, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 and 34, Jesus gives this teaching and he's saying, You guys worry about an awful lot. Any worriers in here? Yeah. A lot of things, you know, it's like, oh man, is, is this gonna work? Is that gonna work? Are we gonna be able to do this? Is that gonna work? You know, we come and it's like, oh, and we 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 get ourselves all worked up, don't we? And then Jesus comes along and he simply says this, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. (laughs) Simply just say, look, here's what the deal is. Don't worry. I've got it all covered. Understand that you can't do it. Understand that you don't have the resources. Understand that, yeah, your life might seem broken, but you have resources of all of heaven at your disposal. And I love this about Matthew 5. He says, For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Do you get what that is saying? This isn't theirs will be the kingdom. This isn't God saying, you know, blessed are the poor in spirit because one day they will be in heaven. No, he says, actually, blessed are the poor in spirit because theirs is today, right now, at this very moment, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Luke chapter 17, verses 20 and 21, Jesus says these words. Once on being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus replied, The coming of the kingdom of God is not something that can be observed, nor will people say, here it is, or there it is, because the kingdom of God is in your midst. It's here now. We have all of the access to the resources of heaven right now. And on top of that, not only do we have the access to the resources of heaven, that as we are poor in spirit, we have the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. We have Christ in our midst now. I live each moment with him by my side. I'm never alone. This is a promise that God gave time and time and time again in Scripture. For example, Joshua in Joshua 1.9, as God was calling him into leadership, he says, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged. I mean, he could have stopped right there, but what does He say? why should he not be discouraged? For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Again in Matthew chapter 28 verse 20. The great commission. The last part of it. Teaching them to obey everything I have commanded. And lo, I am with you always. Even to the very end of the age. This is the promise of God, that when we are poor in spirit, we have the presence of God with us wherever we go. Not at some point in time, not maybe later. We have this now. We have the presence of God. We have the resources of God to be able to accomplish the purposes of God wherever we are. Now, again, understand what it means when he says, blessed are. Blessed are those... Fortunate are those who have found favor in the eyes of God because they're in the place of blessing. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Those who are spiritually destitute, understanding that they have nothing to give, nothing to bring. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So I go back to the question Do you want to be blessed today? If you want to be blessed by God today, let's start with by being poor in spirit. Broken by choice. As I close the service this morning, I want to speak to two groups. The first group are those that we've come to that place of understanding that I need Christ. And I have called Him my Lord and my Savior. What does it mean for me to be poor in spirit? Well, it means that I still need to come before a holy God, understanding my brokenness. And still put my hands before Him and say, Father, cleanse me. Purify me. Make me holy. Lord, I need You. Every hour I need You. The second group that I want to talk to this morning are those that maybe came or are listening that have not made that decision to declare Jesus as Lord, as Paul says. Maybe you've heard the teachings of the Bible. Maybe you've sat in church for years. But you've never come to that place where you said, apart from Christ, I'm completely lost and bound for eternity in hell. Friend, this morning, Jesus is saying, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who are broken because I will be there with them. If this morning that you have not made that choice to follow Jesus Christ, would you do so today? because understand this is the mo- this Jesus started here for a reason he started with blessed are the poor in spirit because until we understand that without Christ we have nothing without Christ we are completely lost all of the rest of the beatitudes will have no impact whatsoever they don't matter this is the relationship this is the beginning If you haven't made that choice, make it today. Would you join with me in prayer? With our heads bowed and with our thoughts on being poor in spirit, this morning, if you've sensed that God is laying that on your heart, you know what? I'm not a child of the living God. I haven't given my life to Him. I've lived my own life. But I realize that without Christ, I can't do this. I'm lost in need of a Savior. I'm not going to ask you to do anything big. But if in this moment that you sense God is calling in your heart to give your life to Him, would you simply raise your head and quietly raise your hand and let me know that you want to give your life to Christ today and be a child of the King. Father, You were broken by spirit. You were broken by choice. And You've called each one of us into that same brokenness to be poor in spirit. Father, many times we've misunderstood this idea of what it means to be blessed. But Lord, we want to be in the place of blessing and favor of God. And Lord, would You bring us to that place where all we can say is, Lord, I need You. Lord, I need You. Every hour I need You. Every moment I need You. And if there are those who are struggling even now in that decision, Father, would You comfort them and would You draw them to Yourselves? Because blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of God. Amen.